Welcome to the Wire to Wire podcast. As always, it's me, your host Yusuf. Now I got a real interesting and maybe controversial episode for you guys today. But before I get into it, like the video, subscribe to the channel, and be sure to share this video with everyone that you know. So recently, Kendrick Perkins and Draymond Green made some comments about Nikola Jokic and foreign-born players, primarily those from Europe. Now, for context, Nikola Jokic is from Serbia, and he's on pace to winning his third straight NBA MVP award. Now, whether or not he deserves it is certainly up for debate. I personally don't think that he does. I think either Giannis or Jason Tatum deserve the award, especially given the NBA's voting history when it comes to MVP, especially pertaining to matters like voter fatigue, right? LeBron hasn't won more than two in a row, primarily because they were tired of giving it to him and they wanted to give other players a chance at the award. It's why they didn't give Curry three in a row and it's why they didn't give Giannis three in a row. Now, all those players had a case for winning a third straight MVP, but ultimately they didn't get it. But suddenly... Jokic deserves to win three in a row. And do you know who was the last player to win three MVP awards in a row? Larry Bird. Hmm. I wonder what they have in common. But anyways, I'm going to play these clips and then I'll give you guys my take after. When it comes down to guys winning MVP since 1990... It's only three guys that won the MVP that wasn't top 10 in scoring. Do you know who those three guys were? Who were they? Steve Nash, Jokic, and uh, Dirk Nowinski. No. Dirk Nowinski. <laughs> what, do the, what do those guys have in common? I'll let, you sit, I'll let it sit there and marinate. You think about it. Now, here's the thing when it comes down to the MVP conversation and why I say the goalpost move. It's because it was during the time in 2006 when Steve Nash won his second MVP, when he had a roster full, didn't have the best record in the league, and Kobe Bryant was averaging 31. And if you go and look at that 2006 roster that Kobe was playing with, which they finished number seven in the Western Conference, which I don't understand how he did that with that team he had. No disrespect to those players, but it is what it is. How was he not winning it? leading the league in scoring that year. So when it comes down to moving the goalposts for certain individuals to win it, again, is it Uchiwali or is it One Mike? Like, what song are we actually dancing to right now? Why is this subject not brought up? What do those three guys have in common when they won the MVP for us? Steve Nash, Dirk Nowinski, and Jokic that wasn't top 10 in scoring. We moved the goalpost so much. So don't come giving me, oh, they're the number one seed this year in the Western Conference, so he's averaging triple-double. That's why he should be the clear-cut favorite. They wasn't the number one seed last year. They was actually the number six seed, one, one seed from being in the play-in tournament. So that's my whole thing is, like, why we moved the goalpost for certain people and then – Why does European players – not get the same flack for winning championships or not than U.S. American-born guys. For instance, I saw a list today Stephen A. put out, 
And like it was like the players with under the most pressure to win a championship. I think James Harden was one, CP was two. Jason Tatum was three. Joker was four. Joker has two Jason. MVPs. Joker has two MVPs. More than likely about to be a third MVP. Mm-hmm. And he's older than JT. Mm-hmm. Why is it that he's fourth, but JT's third? And and Luca wasn't even on the list, right? Like mm-hmm. just now, you obviously Luca's a little younger than JT, but mm-hmm. I feel like over the years, European players has not had the same um, caught the same flat of winning a championship as U.S. players, and I don't understand that. And I wanted to know if you feel the same way about that. So there you have it. Kendrick Perkins outright said it, and Draymond Green was alluding to it, but he didn't go all the way there. And I think that Draymond Green knows what's up, but he has to play it coy, you know, since he's still an active player and he has to walk a fine line. So I get it. But here's the reality. They're both right. The NBA has been longing for their great white hope, And they finally found it in Jokic and Doncic. However, with Luka Doncic, his team hasn't really been doing well enough to justify giving him the award. Or else it would be too blatantly obvious what the NBA and really the mass sports media wants to do. And that is they want to promote their great white hope. And any time a Caucasian person can marginally do something well, or even as well in fields of endeavors that are primarily dominated by blacks, mass media or mainstream media, whichever term you prefer, will elevate them to greater heights. And that is what's going on here. There's no difference. Now, don't get me wrong. Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic are great players. But there's also a lot of media hype surrounding them that you don't really see for other players. And now it seems that they found a new man crush during All-Star Weekend with Mac McClung. Now again, I'm not discrediting him. He's an impressive dunker and he deserved to win the award that night. Right? I'm not taking any of that away. But the reason behind his hype was very obvious. And plus... If you don't think anything is up, why is the NBA posting his G League dunks on Instagram while he's playing in an empty arena? Now, it's obvious why the NBA is posting his G League dunk highlights on their main page. When do you ever see them do that for any other G League player in history? Okay, but I don't want to digress too much. Let's go back to the original point here. Both of these guys are right in their observation, right? Especially when it comes to matters of not being held to the same standard and not catching a lot of flack, like Draymond Green said. Now, Jokic has flamed out in the playoffs every time that he's played in it. And he has done nothing in the postseason after winning MVP awards. Now, do you ever hear the media get on him saying, We don't care what you do in the regular season anymore. It's time for you to get it done in the playoffs like they've done with other stars. No, they haven't. And Doncic, right, 
Luka Doncic has never been able to lead his team to much success. And that's why he's never been the MVP. But if he averaged close to a triple-double and he finished anywhere between the 4th and 6th seed, I promise you they would give him an MVP award. Now, earlier in the season, I believe he was top 3 in MVP voting and his team was barely in the playoff hunt at that time. And earlier this season, he had a 60-point triple-double game, which is highly impressive. And the media made it sound like it was the greatest performance in NBA history. But when Donovan Mitchell and Damian Lillard each have 70-point games in this same season, which to me is more historic and more incredible, it's a moment, it just comes and goes, and that's it. But the reality is that the NBA wants this, and so does the mainstream sports media. They want someone who looks like them, right, so that they can prop them up and champion them. And I'm probably going to get a lot of heat for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyways. A guy like Larry Bird, in my perspective, I think he is one of the most overrated players in NBA history, and he is the most overrated small forward in NBA history. He was a great player, do not get me wrong, but he played in a weak era. I'm sorry, that's just what it is. And I'm not going to back off that stance. I don't believe that if he played today, he would have the same impact. Nowhere close to it. He's not staying in front of defensively or getting past someone offensively like a LeBron James. A prime LeBron James. A prime Kobe Bryant. A prime KD. Kawhi Leonard. Paul George. A prime Carmelo Anthony. These guys are physically imposing, they are quicker, they are more athletic, they are stronger, and they are more skilled. Like, come on, I know what I'm watching. He is just a product of the time that he played in. If he played today, he would be a better version of a Tyler Hero or a J.J. Redick, but he would not be an elite-level player in today's NBA. Not with the talent, athleticism, and the skills that exist in today's league. But I understand why he gets championed the way that he does. Again, I'm not taking anything away from him. He was a great player. But when he saw Michael Jordan play in the playoffs, I believe it was the 1986 playoffs, Jordan scored 63 points. And Larry Bird himself admitted that he never saw anything like that. He was in awe and he was starstruck. So imagine him being in a league with guys that mirror Jordan's athleticism and his speed. He would be like a deer caught in the headlights. Now Larry Bird has a high enough IQ and skills that he can navigate in the game, but he is not dominating it now like he did back then. Now I say all of this to say that look, Kendrick Perkins and Draymond Green they made an astute observation on what's going on, and they are right. And you could see this throughout the history of the league. Nash got back-to-back MVPs when he didn't deserve it. Nowitzki got MVP, and he was bounced out the first round that season. But this is what the NBA and the media is pushing for, and they've always been pushing for. 
They want someone that represents them and what they deem to be middle America to be the face of their league, right? But right now, with this push for foreign players and the NBA going global, stuff like this will continue to be the norm. Now, in general, from my perspective, it seems that the NBA wants to be less reliant and focus less on just the black American players, and they want to expand their reach. And you can already see the tension starting to happen, right? Especially primarily when you look at it with black American players and former players, right? If you listen to how they speak, you can tell that they're not really fond of a guy like Giannis, right? There's a certain tension that they have towards him. But I think that is a byproduct of an existing tension that exists in America between black Americans and Africans that immigrate to America. Now, it's funny, but I remember a few months ago, there was a clip that circulated with Akon making comments about African artists being better and easier to work with than black American artists. And there was a lot of outrage. And I'm going to play that clip just to give you guys some context of what I'm talking about. And then I'll expand further on it. Yeah. We a little different when it yeah, comes to yeah, stage yeah, 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 Not yeah. America? Oh, yeah. Them niggas going to be wobbling, pants hanging half down, <laughs> bored as hell, half to sleep because they high as hell right, on stage. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Africa, we wake up morning. Like, look, I mean, look at these YouTube clips of all these kids from Uganda. And yeah. how they be, you yeah, know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, these kids yeah. are performers. Like, yeah. So when, for us, it comes natural, you know, like to watch the kids from... So there you guys saw the clip that I was talking about, right? So that was something that got a lot of people on the internet talking. What I want to do is I kind of want to take a big picture look and look at this from a more macroeconomic level. So an example would be, look at how John Morant conducts himself versus how a Giannis Antetokounmpo or Pascal Siakam conduct themselves. And then you could even look at this from a historical lens, right? Look at Dennis Rodman versus Dikembe Mutombo or Hakeem Olajuwon. There's a laundry list of black American players whose behavior posed as a PR disaster for the NBA. Meanwhile, guys like Giannis would be considered good for the NBA as ambassadors. Now again, I'm looking at this from a big picture macroeconomic standpoint, right? Especially when you're considering that the NBA is a business. The NBA is looking for players that are dedicated to the game, conduct themselves with class, dignity, integrity, self-respect, and they are not PR disasters. Now, foreign players are happy for the opportunity to be in the NBA, so they're less likely to take it for granted or jeopardize the opportunity. And American players are privileged in some respects, so they have a different approach. Look at AAU culture, high school and and high school and a college experience for these players. They go through these experiences being pampered and coddled. Now, I just want to make myself very clear. I'm not saying that one is better than the other or that one is more superior to the other. That's not what this conversation is about. The conditions the foreign players are subjected to particularly the ones from Africa, specifically actually the ones from Africa, 
are a lot more harsh and they have more difficult circumstances than American-born players. So their approach and mindset is a lot different. Now, I can't really speak on Europe too much. I don't know about the political, social, and economic position of countries like Serbia or Slovenia, but I can't imagine them having the turmoil that many African nations do. But in general, the NBA is noticing that foreign players are less high maintenance, they are more professional, and these having these players in the league allows for them to expand their audience, which in turn makes the NBA more money. So, of course, there is a racial element to it, but it doesn't tell the entire story. There is a certain intangible, or je ne sais quoi, if you will, that foreign players bring to the game. And long story short, if the foreign player is from the mold of a Nikola Jokic or a Luka Doncic, right, meaning that they are European or Caucasian, they will definitely get the benefit of the doubt and be championed over their black peers, whether that person is American-born or they are African. That's a reality. But the game is only going to continue to expand and get more global. So whether anybody likes it or not, this is the end goal of the NBA. Now, American players are not just competing with other players in the US, they're competing against a global talent pool. But really, if you think about it, that is just a microcosm of what's happening with the world in general today. Whether we're talking about jobs, opportunities, entrepreneurship, the world of entertainment, even dating, whatever you can think of, it has become a global game. And that's the reality of the current state of affairs. But that's all I got for today. Be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and be sure to share this video with a friend. You can also check out my four books. The link will be in the description. Until next time.